Hey guys, I hope you are having a great day and I hope you're ready for a lesson. This is a lesson that I have spent, honestly, maybe my whole life, or at least I, as long as I have been conscious of my life. So let's say since I was, gosh, 10, this is a lesson I've been learning again and again and again for the last 28 years. I'm 38. So this is uh, just in case anyone got confused. Like, girl, do not try and pretend you are in your 20s. No, I mean, <laughs> I want to say that when I was a little girl was when I started to become aware of this idea of how we look at our lives and how we look at the hard things that happen. So specifically today, I want to talk about our past my past, your past, and how we frame our mindset around the most difficult experiences. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. I think that if we're not careful, we can allow the bad things that have happened to color everything else that happens in our present and in our future. We wake up in the morning and we're immediately anxious that something bad is going to happen because our brain sort of lives in past experiences. You think about the hard thing that happened. You think about scarcity. You think about when you lost the person you love, when someone cheated on you, when you went through a breakup, when a friend hurt you, when your mom got cancer, when you got fired, like you start to circle around all of these really hard things and it becomes your identity. Sometimes you're conscious of it being your identity. I mean, I definitely have people in my life, and I'm sure you do too, who are just so freaking bitter. They're bitter. They're angry. They can't let past pain go. They carry it with them like a backpack. And then I have friends who they're not really conscious of why they act the way that they act, but a fear permeates everything. And anxiety permeates everything. Like those past experiences are with them, whether they're conscious of it or not. And of course, your past is coming with you. You know what I mean? Like everything you've walked through and everything you've gone through, that is going to be with you for the rest of your life. But the question is, how are you going to look at those experiences? I have done so much teaching on the subject, so much writing on this subject, because it might be the thing I am most familiar with. How do you reframe the way that you look at trauma? How do you reframe the way that you look at a childhood that was really hard or losing people you love? How do you reframe that? And what's so interesting to me is, I think you guys have noticed this. If you're not, 
maybe you don't notice this if you're not following me on Instagram, but if you follow me on Instagram and you're able to watch my stories, then you probably see how much energy I am bringing to every day. You maybe see how much positivity, how much joy, like I am constantly reaching for those things. And if I get flack from strangers on the internet, it's about that. It's about the positivity. It's about the joy. It's about that peace, which I think is so wild that that's the thing that I get attacked for. Cause like, oh my gosh, all right, that, okay, sure. But what I think that people don't get is I have so much joy because I have experienced so much pain. I live in a state of gratitude because I know what it's like to live inside of trauma. My best friend Beans always has this quote that she shares, which is something like, we can only experience joy in our lives to the extent that we're willing to experience pain. And for many of us, we have had to hold pain whether we wanted it or not. And you get two choices from that. If you walk through something awful, you can decide that this is the definition of who you are and life is out to get you and God doesn't care and everyone sucks. Like that's what you can decide or you can try and shift your perspective. You are in control of your mindset. You are. It doesn't feel like it. Sometimes our minds and our thoughts run away with us, but I promise you, you are in control. So today, I want to talk about how you reframe the past. This is the first day of my women's conference is just this subject. It's called Own Your Past. Day one is all about Own Your Past. And if y'all have gone to Rise before, then you know it is the most incredible experience. All of these women talking about the hard stuff that we've lived through and how that makes us warriors. So if you feel like you have been carrying weight on your shoulders, if you feel like you are burdened with this thing that you have gone through, please listen to today's podcast in its entirety. Pause this, grab a notebook, grab a pen. Let's talk through these ideas together because I just want to get you some food for thought, just some stuff to chew on. And even if all you and I do today is just plant a little seed in your heart that you might be able to look at these experiences in a different way, that is an incredible first step. See, oftentimes people think that they should listen to a single podcast, one guided meditation, watch one YouTube video, read one book, and have that be enough. To to deal with the layers that all of us as human beings are carrying around, you have to keep digging, keep peeling back the layers, keep getting deeper and deeper to find the connections of like, oh, that's why this thing triggers me. Oh, that's why I felt so angry. Oh, that's how this is showing up. This is not a one-time thing. I remember I was with my best girlfriends and I was doing, we were doing a guided meditation with a with a teacher that was there with us. And it was like a 90-minute thing. It was, it was a private session and we're all doing this thing together. And at the end, we all run around and we're sharing like, what did you feel? What did you see? And one of my friends as she started to share, got really upset. And she said, you know, I I started, to t- I started, I was like following the meditation. And then my brain was like, wait, you're, wait, I can't focus. Oh, I'm, other thoughts are here. Oh, wait, no, I'm not. Oh, I suck at meditating. Oh, what am I doing? And like, she got so in her head 
And by the end of it, she was in tears. She was so frustrated with herself. She was like, why can't I ever do this? And she's like crying to us, like, why can't I ever do this? Like, I'm so mad at myself. Like, I, I was going there and I was like really feeling it. And then I didn't. And she went on and on and I, I let her finish. And then I was like, but maybe that was as far as you were supposed to get today. Maybe you did the exact meditation that you were meant to do. Maybe that was that was it. That was as far as we were going to dig today. That's all that your spirit wanted to allow you to have. And the next time we're going to dig a little deeper. So this conversation today doesn't have to be the answer to everything. But if nothing else, I hope it will plant a seed. Here are some things to think about when it comes to how you look at your past. I have taught so much on perspective. If you want to read about perspective, you could read Girl, Stop Apologizing. You could read uh, Didn't See That Coming, which is the, the newest book, which is all about getting through hard things. But essentially, I've taught a ton on perspective and how it's the way that you see the world around you. And it's not the way you see the world around you based on who you are today. Your perspective is shaped on how you were raised, your family of origin, the community you grew up inside of, the experiences you had, the meaning you gave those experiences, like that's what shapes your perspective. But what I want to talk to you about today is what is your paradigm? What is your paradigm? Now, for those of you who've been at Rise Conference with me before, this is going to be a new one. It's really important to me always that if you come to one of my conferences, it's never the same experience twice. Like that you have those moments that are tried and true that really make a RISE conference what it is, but that you get whole new teachings. And the reason you get new teachings year over year is I have become a different woman. And if I've become a different woman and I've learned new things, that means I'm going to be a different kind of teacher than I was in 2017 or 2018 or even 2020. So as we go into this new conference here in May, everything for me is about paradigm. Paradigm is a fancy way of talking about your patterns of behavior. It's the model that you have created for yourself and the way that you see the world. Think of it like the example that we're going to use at Rise, which I know sounds really silly, but I like to break big, giant concepts down into really bite-sized pieces that anybody can understand, is think of a coffee pot, okay? Think of a coffee pot. And Um, Imagine the top of a coffee pot and you like the top where you would put ground coffee inside of like, right? And then you have a filter and then water would flow through that filter and that would create the brew. That would create the coffee. That's like the thing that you want. So your paradigm is the filter. Your, the top of the coffee pot, the, the ground coffee, that is your subconscious mind. That is the thoughts that you are even aware that you're thinking. Something like, 90% of the thoughts you think in a day, you are not even conscious of. Let me say it again. 90% of the thoughts you have in a single day, you are not even conscious of. A new study has found that the average person has more than 6,000 thoughts every single day. And 90% of those you are not even aware of. They are your subconscious mind. And your subconscious mind is the filter. Coffee grounds, Those are the thoughts that you know. That's the stuff you are actively pulling in. That's you listening to this podcast. That's the books that you read. That's the people you talk to, the shows that you watch. That is the stuff that you are putting into your subconscious mind. But the filter, the coffee filter, that's your paradigm. That is everything that is between what you know 
and what you do. What you know and what you do is filtered by the paradigm of the life that you have lived. And so if you have walked through really hard things, or hell, even if you've walked through one really hard thing, but you haven't done the work to come to terms with that reality, then that becomes a huge part of the paradigm that filters everything else out. So this one, let me just, let me speak this to those of you who are achievers like I am, to those of you who own a business, to those of you who have a dream, a goal that you're setting for yourself. If you've ever felt like, what is going on? Like, why am I so pumped to read these books and get excited and like come up with ideas and brainstorm with my friends and like dream on the goal, but then I lose something between those thoughts and my action, it's your paradigm. Let me give you a good example of how this shows up in health. Most women that I talk to, most women in my community, if I ask them like, oh, you, okay, you want to go on a health journey, what, what's stopping you? They always say to me, oh, uh, Rachel, I know exactly what to do. I know exactly what to do to get healthy emotionally, physically, nutritionally. I know everything that I'm meant to do. And I'm like, in my head, I don't say this to them. Health is, is very triggering. But I'm like, no, you don't. You don't. You don't know everything you're supposed to do. Because if you knew everything you were supposed to do, you would be doing it. The problem is that when I say something like that, people think that I mean, oh, you don't know the right diet. You don't know the right exercise. You, no, 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 no. I'm like, no, you don't know the mindset that you need to flip the switch between what you know and what you do. Because what's slowing you down in between what you know and what you do is the paradigm, the subconscious that you believe about your health, for instance, or the paradigm that you believe about what you're capable of when it comes to those of you who are dreamers, or the paradigm that you believe about how women are supposed to show up in the world, or what a good man is supposed to do, or, or, or. It's not about what you know. It's about what is that space in between that you are not aware is throwing you off. So I actually did this practice for myself when I started learning about paradigms last year. I was like, okay, what are the paradigms that I have? Let me pick a subject. I picked health because that there's so much baggage, emotional trauma. Like there's so much for me wrapped in health and most specifically for me, so much subconscious shit wrapped in food. Like I, I just, it's, and this is why I talk about the idea of layers and like, it's never one thing. It's 200 things that I feel like you're going to keep unpacking as you go forward with your life. But I started to ask myself, like, what are subconscious beliefs that I have had around nutrition my whole life? So I'm like, I'm opening an old notebook from last year and I'll just tell you like, I, and how I did this, if you want to try this practice yourself is I just opened a notebook and I did like stream of consciousness. Don't overthink it. Don't question it. Just write down every single thing that you can think of that you believe about food. For me, it was food. For you, it could be money, dreams, relationships, anything. But here's some of the stuff that I wrote down. Subconscious mind. I believe that eating or drinking something is exciting and fun and is going to make me feel happy. I believe that if I am feeling down or lonely, food is the thing to reach for. I believe that I am wired to binge. I believe that going on vacation or weekend means that you eat differently. I believe 
like I believe in making conscious decisions around food. Like, so this is, this is like Rachel today. Some of those were Rachel from, you know, 15 years ago. But me, who I am today, I believe in being very conscious and eating foods that make you f- your body feel great. Like that is the truth. But even though I believe in consciously eating, I unconsciously eat all the time. And if that sounds too woo-woo for you, I would say it like this. Sometimes I'm not even paying attention and I'm eating something that is not on my plan and that 100% is going to make me feel like crap later. I am not about, I don't give a fuck what I look like. I don't give a fuck what you look like. I don't care what your weight is. I don't care what my weight is. I think I'm fucking hot. I am not, when I talk about food, it is not about how I look. But every single thing in my life is built around me having enough energy to live and live well. And so I hate, I get so frustrated with myself when I am consciously like, oh, you're with a group of people and someone orders fries and you're like, oh my gosh, fries. And you start eating the fries. And then you're like, what? I didn't even freaking want these. I wasn't even hungry for these. I just unconsciously chose this thing and now I'm gonna feel sick for two hours. So I do all of these things. And I I mean, I have like three pages of all of the unconscious thoughts that I had surrounding health, but just doing this practice was really helpful for me to see like what's under the surface. So if you have something that you're trying to get through, you're trying to like flip the switch, make change, feel better emotionally, mentally, this is a really powerful tool is to pick an area of your life and ask yourself, what's the paradigm? What's that filter that's between what I know and what I do? So that's number one. The first thing is for you to become conscious of what your paradigm is. The second thing that you can do if you're trying to deal with something really hard from your past or if you just feel like it's sort of every day you're dealing with this thing, ask yourself how the opposite could be true. How could the opposite be true? This is a really oh God, like such a powerful tool. It's also really hard. And I think that the closer you are to something painful that has happened, the harder it is for this to, just the harder this is. So if you wanna do this one, I would suggest you pick something that's older. So a good example of this would be, y'all have probably heard me talk about losing my brother when I was 14. He was schizophrenic and that was always a part of my life and our family's life. And I was three years younger than him. So I didn't really have, I didn't understand. I knew that he really struggled to control his emotions. I knew that he would really get depressed. And I knew that he also would go into sort of like manic, screaming, hard times. But because I was little and because it was the only reality I knew and because I didn't grow up in a family that would have had the resources to have talked to me about what was going on or to even talk openly about what was going on. So honestly, I just thought that was my brother. And when I was 14 and Ryan was 17, he committed suicide. And I've written about this a lot, but I found him. And that was the catalyst for as you can imagine, extreme trauma, uh, PTSD that I still deal with today. Lots of nightmares, lots of, you know, at 14, and nobody should ever see that, but definitely not at 14 years old and def- definitely not when it 
is your big brother and your hero. Um, so it was really awful. And for a lot of years, the paradigm that I had after his death was now I'm broken. Now I'm weak. Now I'm always going to be this girl who has this story. I grew up in a small town and everybody now knew that this had happened and kids at school treated me differently. And uh, it was like you had this sort of stigma surrounding you and your family. And it just became the lens through which I saw everything. And had I had this language back then, I would have asked myself, how could the opposite be true? Which is what I do today. The way I would say this today is how can life, even the hard stuff, be for you? See, a lot of people say life is happening to me. This happened to me. And the challenge that I would push back on you is, yes, but how could it be for you? I know it wasn't. Like, I don't want that bad thing to happen. I didn't want my brother to die. I didn't want my brother-in-law to die of a massive heart attack two years ago. I didn't want to lose twins in the adoption process. I didn't want to go through a divorce. I didn't want to go through these hard, awful things. But if you're going to go through these things, my God, find something in it. Find strength in it. And that's not just going to happen. That is something you're going to actively have to pursue by asking yourself the question, okay, but how could the opposite be true? You believe you are weak. What's the opposite of that? Okay, well, the opposite is strength. Okay, Rach, how could you be strong? And I'm like, oh, well, hell, I'm strong as fuck. The fact that I've seen what I've seen and gone through what I've gone through and I'm not a drug addict right now, strong as hell. The fact that I have experienced the pain and I still wake up every morning and think that today is going to be a good day, strong as hell. The fact that if you have a problem, I am the bitch that you want on your team. Like, you know that Rihanna song where she's like, nobody texts me in a crisis? Everybody texts me in a crisis. Like, I am the one. Why? Because I have had to walk through hard ass things and I've kept the ship afloat. I kept the business together. I kept the family up above the clouds. Praise the Lord. We made it through a divorce. I did that. That is who I am. And I am that person because what I have walked through. How could the opposite be true? How could the opposite be true? And don't stop at one thing. Think of everything that you can think of. Every limiting belief, every negative thing that the voice in the back of your mind tells you about this. How could the opposite be true? And you know I love a journal moment, so I highly suggest that you take this to the pages of your journal, you set some time for yourself in quiet, and you just stream of consciousness, how could the opposite be true? The third thing that can really help is a fresh perspective, a fresh perspective. We tend to be so set in our routines, be so set in our life be so set in our same circle of friends and our same circle of influence that sometimes it's hard to shift the way that we're thinking just because we have all of these people around us who reinforce that belief. Even if the belief isn't negative, it's still super important to consciously be inviting yourself to question like, okay, well, why do I believe this? Why do I believe that? How does this show up? What does this mean? It's so freaking essential. I'm so freaking grateful that the world is starting to change and that we're starting to get to like go out and be in places. But I have a new friend who, when I first met them, they were talking about they were really bad at something. And I was like, oh, okay, wild. Like, 
wow, that's that it was a really specific thing. And I was like, okay, not a like not a big deal, but I could tell it was a big deal to them and that they were really bad at it. And it's something I happen to be really good at. So I was like, oh, well, we're it's cool. Like we're gonna do it. You're gonna not be great at it. I'm I'm I've got I'll be this person and you be that person. And then they were so good. They were so freaking good. And this shows up in like a million different ways. Those of you who think you're bad at public speaking, those of you who think you can't sing, those of you who think that you are not a creative writer, those of you who think that you're a bad mom, like what are the things in your life that you believe you're bad at because someone told you you're bad at it in third grade, right? So like if you think you're bad at something and then we hang out and like, I was like, are you insane right now? Like I almost, I'm like, was this like a joke where you, where you, was this, were you trying to psych me out? Cause you're so good. What are you talking about? So it's actually, that experience is what made me want to do this entire podcast. Cause I was like, damn, how many people right now are actually super talented, but some time in their life, their aunt Linda, their college best friend, someone, someone told them to be small. Someone blew out their candle. Someone else spoke into their life a negativity that now has become the belief that they have about themselves. And if you do not seek out other people who are going to speak into your worth, your beauty, your love, your skill, your talent, your like possibility, your potential, you're never going to change. If you don't have real people in your life who are speaking into you, Man, you can listen to the podcasts and the books and go to conferences and do whatever, but it's not going to mean anything if it's not a real person you're doing life with who's like, oh my, no, you're actually so smart. How do you not know you're smart? A new circle, fresh perspective. And the thought I would give you here is if you're trying to add to your circle, if you're trying to level up, and I have done podcasts about how you level up your inner circle, you can scroll back and go find those. But if you're trying to add new people to your life or your circle or or to like get to a very specific place or level up in a certain way, I just want to remind you to aim for people who have the life that you want. Aim for people who have the life that you want. Like I have the most incredible, amazing group of best girlfriends. You guys know this. Like I talk about them nonstop. And when new women come into our circle who don't have that in their lives, they're like, what is going on? How do you even do this? Like we've had women be like in the most earnest way, they'll be like, how do you have, how do you make friends? How do you do this? How do you be a good friend? And we're like, oh, we'll show you, watch us. And you absorb that behavior just by being around those people. Whose behavior are you absorbing right now just by being around them? Who's negative in your life? Who crushes your dreams instead of hypes you up? Who reinforces that, yes, life is hard, that, yes, you got dealt a bad hand, that, yes, yes, yes. Like, who in your life is reinforcing the version of you you don't want to be? You need a new circle and a fresh perspective. It's one of the most powerful things about conference is that you are in community with thousands of women. And in this case, because Rise is virtual this time, it's thousands of women all over the world. You're getting perspective from Dubai. You're getting perspective from London. You're getting perspective from South Africa. 
you're getting perspective from all over, different ways of thinking, different ways of believing, different religions, different sexual orientations, different, some of them are mamas, some of them are single, some of them are teenage girls, some of them are grandmothers. Like the perspective is so beautiful because we always are way more alike than we are different. And the things that make us so alike are what allow us to have those conversations about how we're different. So the third thing is a fresh perspective and a new circle. The last piece of advice I want to give you on this topic of reframing your past is to study the warriors who have fought your fight. Study the warriors who have fought your fight. Everything for me when I think about the past for all of us as humans, what I would hope is that you see yourself as a warrior because you are. You have gone through hell and you're still standing. You're still here. I don't care what you did today. I don't care that you wish you were further along. I don't care that you think you need to push harder. I care that when when life kicked your ass, you stood back up. If you're listening to this podcast, you freaking stood back up. You are still trying. You are still reaching. You are still hoping to grow. That is a warrior. We don't fight the battle every day. In fact, if you think about like old-timey warriors, old-timey warriors, think like think like Braveheart. Think like Roman soldiers. Let's actually, let's think 300 because their abs were fantastic. If you think about those warriors, they didn't spend their entire life in battle. They spent most of their life in training. They spent most of their life trying to become better at the person that they wanted to be. So when it, when the moment hit, when they needed those skills, when they needed that power, when they needed to do the thing, they had the ability because they had been training for that moment. So I don't want you to study people who are just talking about the thing or people who just taught about, no, no. I want you to study the freaking warriors who have walked through what you've walked through and are on the other side. Like who has gone through the thing that you went through that you can study and learn from? And for my life, for your life, you're not gonna find someone who has walked through it precisely. Like nobody's lived what you've lived. But for instance, when I've wanted to study what I've gone through, I study people who have PTSD, right? I can find so many books, so many soldiers, so many women who've lived through really traumatic experiences who are overcoming the PTSD that is now part of their life. That's who I can study. I can study entrepreneurs and CEOs who deal with anxiety, who've openly talked about dealing with anxiety. And please listen to me right now. And and y'all, maybe someone else would have a different perspective, but you're not listening to their podcast, you're listening to mine. I do not want to go read a psychologist unpack of anxiety. I am not listening. I, 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 don't, I don't want to listen to a doctor tell me about how to deal with anxiety. I want to know how a high achiever who has people counting on them, who has children counting on them, I want to know how that person manages anxiety because that's what I'm trying to do. I don't want some clinical information. And and by the way, maybe you do. Maybe you love that perspective and it's helpful for you. Freaking get it. For me, I want to hear from real life teachers, from real life people who are like, yo, this is what happened. This is what it felt like. This is me when I was at my lowest. And these are the tactics that I use 
to get me back to feeling great. That's what I'm looking for. So don't study the scholars. Study the warriors. Okay, y'all. I hope that this was really helpful for you. As always, if you have questions or want me to do follow-ups or want me to do a deeper dive, I want to encourage you to call into the hotline. I'm going to put the number in the show notes, but essentially you call and leave me a voicemail. And I'm starting to incorporate some coaching into podcast episodes. So if you want to be considered as one of those people, like you want to talk about the thing you're going through and let me interview you here for the podcast, be sure and leave your name and your contact information as well. But um, yeah, I hope this was helpful. And if you know someone that this episode would be helpful for, please, please, please share it with a friend. This podcast will always, always be free for you to listen to. And the only thing I ask is that you get the word out. And lastly, just want you to know if you are feeling like you're at a place in your life where you want to make change, where you keep sort of running up against a brick wall and you want to have that breakthrough, if you feel like, okay, it's time, I'm going to reclaim my life, I'm going to take ownership. Rise Women's Conference is coming this May. I'm going to put the link in the show notes as well. It is a three-day virtual conference, women all around the world, full programming, amazing, amazing, amazing speakers. Me, my brother Trent Shelton. We've got Gretchen Rubin, Giada De Laurentiis. We've got Stacey Flowers, my best friend Beans Barron. DJ Asan is back. So it's high energy, dancing fun. Every single person is welcome. If you identify as a woman, this is the conference for you. It's going to be so much fun. And I hope I will see y'all there. Have a fantastic week. And remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis podcast is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. Our show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is a 3% chance production.